My name is Sarvi. Six years ago, I was introduced to the concept of a hummingbird person. This forever has changed how I viewed pursuit of passion in my personal life and career in technology. Join me as every episode I talk to multifaceted successful technologists. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Hummingbirds in Tech. Today we're going to one of my favorite cities in the world, London, UK, to interview my guest, Sierra Toronto. We know each other from business school uh, for the past couple of years, and I'm very excited uh, to have her with us to share her story. Sierra's experience um, is in wide range in different fields, from healthcare to consumer and technology across different regions globally. Sierra, welcome to the podcast. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So maybe uh, let's start just so that everyone is more familiar with your background. Uh, I know you started in Canada and now you're in London. Can you just walk us through uh, your background? Like which field are you working in? How did you get into it? Um, yeah, just a bit of a summary would be nice. Of course, I'll give I'll give the the short version because I love the length of these podcasts. So I started in Canada. And for those of you that know Canada, I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, which I would say is one of the colder parts of Canada. And I went um, to McEwen University and did my undergrad in business there. And pretty soon after I realized I want to work live in a in a warmer climate so I started looking for jobs and I was uh, at that point working in pharmaceutical industry for uh, Janssen and I had the opportunity to move to Australia um, as a sponsored on a sponsored visa so I also listened to all of your episodes and I think there's some theme of people who are um, migrating across the world to different places. So I fall into that group also. But I moved to Australia, where I worked there for five years for two companies, um, the latter being Elsevier, which is the largest medical and technology um, publisher. And I then had the opportunity to move to London. So I moved out of, I guess, a traditional sales role and moved more into product management and commercial product management, where I uh, was responsible for a product portfolio that we were expanding globally. And then um, during that time, I did my MBA, which is where we got to connect at Imperial College London. And then in, in that time, I had the advice by one of my mentors to actually moved to a smaller organization because Elsevier, I think they're a, a fantastic employer. I really enjoyed my time there. Um, but things just move a little bit slowly when you're such a large company. And so my mentor told me, find something smaller, you'll be able to scale quicker, develop some of the other skills that you you really want to own. And that's when I found uh, the company called Alva, which is now Penta Group, who I'm currently employed with as a managing director there. And I manage the healthcare and consumer vertical. And we are, I'm still in the healthcare realm, but it is a tech-enabled business where we help companies better understand their stakeholders through 
um, through technology and, and big data sets. That's great. And you touched on the fact that, yes, that's a common theme in all of my guests around the fact that all of these hummingbirds, everyone moved to different countries and had different experiences. Um, as you did these moves from Canada to Australia and then to UK, how do you think that experience, those experiences helped you in terms of how you how you pursue your career, how you look at your passions and yeah, what was the impact of those migration to different places and working there? I think the exposure to different people, different cultures, and I I think I given I'm a, a native English speaker and lived in three English speaking countries, I had it a lot easier um, than somebody who comes in and, and has to learn the language. But there is a lot of nuance and you have to find your people, find people you connect with, can relate to, can spend time with. My first couple years in London was super difficult. Um, besides leaving, living on the beach in Australia, I I think it took a couple years to really find friends that you can catch up with regularly. If that's go for a walk in the morning or or yeah. grab a coffee, I think that also really grounds you to to being more resilient and moving into a new place. Yeah, that's such an interesting point you brought up. Uh, I was actually talking to a friend of mine about that. I think as we get older, it just also becomes, we all have our own groups, so we don't necessarily go outside of our own core groups to find friends. And that's how I found actually business school in that sense, really useful for me. Uh, through business school, I got to meet a lot of people like yourself across different places. So that's why I always, especially to women, I recommend whether it's business school or pursuing additional degrees and certificates, it's always a nice way to build some new friendships and also um, some connections and network. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. I, I actually, that was one of my my main reasons of doing that in London was to find a connection to the city and, and find a connection to like-minded people. Yeah. Um, one thing that I know you and I share a common interest and when I was doing my research on you, um, it has stood out to me is around your passion for tech for good. Um, and I'm curious, how do you describe tech for good? What does that good for you mean in the context of technology? It's a good question. And I think lots of people use use the 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 language in a different way. Personally, my favorite reasons for tech for good are all around developing new medical technologies and improving healthcare outcomes. But lately, I also think the creating educational, you know, apps or tools to enhance learning opportunities and really like merging those two things together are, are what I focus on when I think of tech for good. I know there's a lot of other use cases for it in terms of, you know, using AI for renewable energy systems or somehow leveraging the tech to increase, you know, access to maybe basic needs or something. But for me personally, the new medical tech and education solutions are what's really exciting and and what the space that I get involved in the most. 
Yeah, I think it's an area that the past few years, especially with the pandemic and everything else that has been going on, it definitely requires um, a lot of attention and great minds to come into it. Um, and I know kind of bringing this tech for good with your passion specifically on femtech, um, how do you bring these two areas together? I know you have some side projects that you work on. Um, and also like, as you think about femtech, obviously there are a lot of opportunities and there are a lot of gaps that need to be filled, but what is in your experience, the one opportunity that um, exists in this industry and who knows, maybe people listening can kind of help in that, fill that gap and be aware of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there there are certainly some areas of women's health education that are definitely under-resourced and underfunded, both in, in developed and developing countries. And um, I'm, I do have a passion project at the moment, which me and my, I guess you'd say co-founder, um, it's a... a, a girl that I we did our MBAs at the same time but we have been for maybe the past 18 months talking about these things and going through personal journeys with figuring out information related relating to women's health and so we launched a website as it is now called girl you need to know this.com to help give girls and women the information that they need to know before they need to know it. And, and to give you a, a personal example, um, and this is, you know, a long journey over, over 10 years, but I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it. Essentially starting at a young age or, you know, in, in your teens, you're often given a contraception and it's usually, um, you know, hormonal birth control pill. That's very common that everyone gets, but a lot of people have side effects and we're not really told about the side effects or, you know, we're told that the pain is normal or, or different. And I actually, at, after being on it for several years and getting migraines for years and years, found out that I shouldn't be on it because I was getting aura migraines and it was actually super dangerous for me to continue on it. So I went off of it, but then felt, felt very like without any information and then um, I actually um, was doing some research for a, for a project and was interviewing OBGYNs and asked them like, what is the main thing that um, you know you wish women could could know? And they said, I wish women knew about their fertility before coming into my office. And as a woman of 32 at the time, this a couple of years ago, I realized I didn't know it. Well, I don't want to say anything, but my my knowledge was very limited on fertility and and the 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 information I should know. So I started doing my research, and then you know got into the information about also menopause and perimenopause and thinking, you know, all of these things are a hundred percent of women are going to go through menopause. A hundred percent of women go through their period and period pain and you know most women uh, have to make a choice whether to have a child or live child free and and if they want to be on contraception and all these things are so crucial to our day-to-day -day and yet the the education is either complex or hard to search for and so yeah that's the the mission we are on is to help educate women with the things that we wish we knew sooner. So it's 
it's an exciting time to to definitely be involved with it. Yeah, and that's a very, uh, very much needed and an ad- admirable mission. I know we talked briefly about it before we start recording. Um, it's so interesting that in Canada, on the other side of the world, like I didn't even know about this initiative that you're working on. And I started sharing my side of things you started sharing. So imagine how many other women in the world um, that they are really craving to have access to this type of information. And I think it needs like platform like yours. And I always think about it, the fact that probably you and I are extremely privileged because of the access that we have to the resources that we can have these conversations very openly and go do research. Um, There are a lot of women in different parts of the world that they don't even have access to those resources and basics of the technology to be able to even look up these information. And this is, to me, this is just the basic, it's it's a human right. You need to know um, about, about your body. You need to know what is happening in your body. What are the questions you need to ask? What are the specialties that you need to have access? And in some way, it's unfortunate, but as women, we need to take kind of control and ownership of our own health and dive deeper than maybe other people, like other genders, they need to do uh, to be able to ask the right questions from our specialists. So I'm really happy that uh, you and your co-founders are uh, looking into this and creating a platform, and I can wait to see how it grows and keep referencing it, even for my own knowledge. Absolutely. And and thank you. And I think the funny thing is, is an easy way also to just learn about something is go ask if if you have the option, ask your mom, what was her menopause journey? What did it, you know, how did she experience it? Because up yeah. until last year, I had never asked my mom that question. And I think it's, you know, a generational thing where they're maybe not they're not realizing, oh, they should be telling us this, or, you know, it doesn't, they, it doesn't come across their mind to inform us before that. But the whole like branding, I guess we came up with of girl, you need to know this is, it's supposed to be like your trusted friend, or your mom or your sister that, you know, had some information that is credible, um, rather than being complex, medical you know having to to wade through or demystify certain things it's supposed to be really simple to to talk about yeah I I'm a big advocate of push your doctor and healthcare professionals around you and ask them the questions um because to me the ideal healthcare system is that when as a woman I go to my healthcare professional they ask questions and they proactively provide informations since it's not happening, it's then it's on us to be able to um, to go to them and ask the questions. And I think this is where really femtech and tech for good, like all of that come together of a, it's us as women feeling empowered to go and ask the questions, know where to look, and then technology and the platforms being able to really enable us and provide us with the resources that we need real time. So, I'm super excited. Uh, I'll keep looking at your website for the new information. Uh, and yeah, hopefully uh, next time either I'm in London or you're here, we get to meet in person. Thank you so much for your time. I know it was hard. I to would love that. The time zones and all of that. But um, I felt your story is very uh, interesting. And I know there are a lot of great things you're doing. So I'm happy that we got to chat. 
Well, thanks for having me. I absolutely love this podcast and can't wait to listen to the next one. Perfect. For everyone listening, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, this uh, episode was definitely, I have to say, one of my favorites. Uh, it's a topic I'm very passionate about. So don't be surprised if uh, Sierra and I do a second part of this and dive deeper into femtech. Um, and yeah, please feel free to share your feedback with me. Make sure that you follow the podcast, uh, subscribe so you get notifications and more people can find it. Um, have a great evening uh, wherever you're listening. And until next episode, thank you.